Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hello and welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we address the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And you guys, we're continuing in our series all about sex for 14 consecutive days. And today we're talking about a really important one, one that we get a lot of questions on. I know I've said that a lot, but this is one we do get a lot of questions on. And that is, how do I handle talking about my own sexual history with my spouse, but also how do I handle accepting my spouse's sexual history? Yeah, yeah, this is uh, yeah. so important, mm-hmm. so complex. It's something that should happen, th- these conversations should happen before you're even married. Right. It should be part of the full disclosure of just getting everything out there, um, out in the open before you were married. For the most part, I feel like we we covered, you know, pretty, and sexual history also, it doesn't just include like sexual partners, it includes mindsets. It includes what you were taught Habits. about sex in your home. It, yeah, it, expectations, insecurities. Um, you know, one aspect of sexual history that, that I'd failed to talk about was that I'd had a, a problem with pornography. And that's sexual history. I mean, that had, had programmed kind of the way I saw sex. And I'd, I'd withheld that from Ashley, which was really dishonest and cowardly of me, frankly. And we, we talked a, a lot about that in other episodes. So I won't turn the, this into a porn episode. But... Um, we need to talk about everything. I mean, um, first exposure, uh, what our, our mindsets were related to it, if there was any abuse, if there were regrets, you know, past relationships, all of it. How our parents talked about it. How our, yeah, how our parents talked about it. Mm-hmm. And um, one aspect of, of sexual history, I don't think I've ever shared this on the podcast, and I don't think I've shared this full story with Ashley even until... Well, I don't think you thought about it I, as sexual I think, history. I didn't think yeah. about it as sexual history. It wasn't like you were trying to keep it from me. It kind of came out later as you were processing it. Like right, as you right. were processing, you know, because I think sometimes certain life circumstances, you know, or even even if it's not even your own life circumstances, but you're working with other people and it triggers something. Like sometimes yeah, it can just be yeah. you hear someone else's story and you're like, wait a minute that's kind of similar to my story or, you know, so yeah, you just, I don't think you were keeping this from me. But no, not intentionally. Like no, I, 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 inten- I mean, I did, I kept the pornography thing intentionally. Right. That was a But sin. you told me every, I mean, you talked about past sexual experiences with me. Right. And what I, I did dating. talk about is that, um, you know, I'd be, and this was really, is, is a, I think it was a result of pornography. It had caused me to, to 
make compromises in other areas. I, I think I turned to porn thinking, well, this would be a substitute for sex right. until I can actually have sex with my spouse. Which someday. includes masturbation. We, right. Yeah. It includes masturbation. That's a part of sexual history. If you've had a real issue with masturbation, which I did, uh, that was accompanied by and fueled by the porn use and the lust. Um, and then um, in into relationships, you know, in, in college, I'd... I tried to have these these hard boundaries in place, like well, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to you know have any any form of kind of sexual contact. And slowly, those boundaries got eroded um, in in just kind of some unhealthy habits within relationships, where compromises were made. And again, just like I had done with pornography, I started justifying these sins by saying I'm moving the moving the 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 boundary. I'm like, well, I'm just moving this boundary. Like as long as I'm not doing this, I'm okay. And then I would do that and I would move it again and ultimately say, well, as long as I'm not having intercourse, then I'm not really having sex. You know, it's kind of the old like Bill Clinton definition, loophole definition of, of sex. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not having sex because I'm not having intercourse. Mm -hmm. And I started, um, making those those kind of compromises and experiencing just the the damage that happens when we do cross boundaries and then try to try to justify it it's it's uh, ultimately it's hurting ourselves and others so by the time ashley and i got together um i had i'd been in a season where i had not been for the you know most part making those those relationship compromises uh but i was Still, uh, I was still in this this cycle of masturbation. You know, I was still kind of wrapped up in lust. I had I had kept, you know, thankfully I had kept the very important boundary of of not having intercourse. And I'm so thankful that um, that I I did not until our wedding night. Never had intercourse. So that's that's one win, despite kind of all of my failures in this area. That is that's that's that is one win, and I'm thankful for that. But it was still like I was embarrassed to have to tell Ashley, like you know, I've. I've, you know, I've made these other compromises and I'm sorry, I felt that really that I had sinned against God, but even though I didn't even know Ashley at the time, I had sinned against her as my future wife. But you did tell me, like you, yeah. I think you told me everything except the porn because at the time, I think in your mind, you justified it because at the time it wasn't an issue. Right. But the thing with sexual history is, you know, you, you've heard the term full disclosure. It's a full disclosure where you're talking about like, you could even say, well, I'm not struggling with this at this time. But I have had a struggle. Yeah, with porn. I've had a real struggle you know, just with being porn. Being honest, and I should have, and and that porn clouded my my thoughts on a lot of so much related to sex. One th one thing that I had not shared because I really didn't consider it part of sexual history, right, which is what we were referring to before. Very much yeah. it was to come back to that story, but really my first sexual experience was when I was five years old, and um, it wasn't being abused by an adult somewhere. It was with my cousin Tina, who was also five years old. And we would play, we were very close. We were just close friends, close cousins. Um, and she initiated this kind of sexual play where, uh, you know, we would, we would touch each other, where we would like, you know, just, we didn't know what we were doing, but we just knew that it felt good. Looking back, seeing how she was initiating this, it made me realize that almost certainly she was being abused by someone older to just kind of plant these thoughts in her mind that this is okay, this is acceptable. Um, but I went along with it fully, even though I, I knew somehow like this isn't wrong, that we've got to keep this, you know, you mean, secret. You mean this is, this is wrong. Right. This is yeah. wrong. Yeah. We, this is wrong, but we have to keep the secret. I felt some shame and confusion over it, but I also knew that it felt good. It felt good to, to touch and be touched. It felt good to, uh, I, of course, as a child at that age, yeah. you don't know yeah. what you're doing, but it, it's a, it's exposed. It's 
it's just confusing is what it is. And so over the period of the next couple of years, you know, from like age, you know, five and six, um, we would do that some, you know, we'd just kind of do this, this sexual play. play. Yes, you'd say, yeah. Um, and then, you know, to complicate things further and to really add an element of, of really deep tragedy into all this, uh, when I was six or maybe just turning seven, um, Tina, my cousin Tina and her dad, my uncle, uh, tragically one day out on the water, they were on a boat and, you know, she fell in, he jumped in after her and they both drowned. And so I lost my cousin, you know, one of my best friends. Um, and I had all kinds of just deep and confusing, conflicting emotions. You know, I missed her. I grieved her. I felt guilt. I felt survivor guilt. I felt shame over, over just what we had done. I felt this element of confusion and this kind of strange bond to her as, um, you know, which any, any sort of sexual contact kind of creates that extra layer of, of, uh, of, of bond and ties. And, and I'm just a small child trying to process all of this and not really knowing how to process all of this. And it, that was all so in my distant past that, you know, when I'm talking to Ashley about you know, relationships and, and mistakes. It didn't even enter my mind. I mean, I think she probably knew about Tina because that story is such a part of the family narrative, yes, this he, collective mm -hmm. trauma of losing them and how it really changed our whole family. My my aunt, my surviving aunt became a heroin addict, um, just trying to cope with the pain of that. And then she, she's, you know, out of prison and clean. And yeah, she ended up going to prison. But uh, now a very that, joyful yeah. person, loves Jesus, yes. you know, has found a lot of healing. Mm -hmm. But... But th there's just deep trauma there. And I really, that I didn't really process until much later, a deep trauma that I was carrying um, and never really knew how to, to process it because as a child, you're not even really meant to process those kinds of feelings. Right. And so... You don't really have even a language for it. No, you don't have a I language mean, that, for it. Yeah, you so don't have hard. a context for it. Right. You know, and... Right. Um, yeah, it's... I mean, to be honest, like, uh, you know, we've talked all about faithful counseling, which now is betterhelp.com slash naked marriage, who's been a sponsor of this podcast for many years. And you actually, you know, because we want to make sure that whatever sponsors are on this podcast, that we have tried them out. And so you, you know, got a counselor through um, get faithful slash, you know, better, better yeah, yeah. com, And, you know, when she was asking about your story, this happened to come up and you said she, this is years ago that she really honed in on that and and was like wanting to Yeah, she to wanted to camp out there. And so like I started yeah. really processing it. And at the time and that's when we talked about this a lot more. Because well, at the time our youngest son, Chatham, was um he was six. Mm -hmm. And so he was the age that I was mm -hmm. like when this was going on and that um and then then ultimately around the age that I was when she died. And I'm just looking at Chatham at six years old a couple years ago and just so innocent and so like precious and full of life and stuff. And, and it was like, she was having me kind of like look at my six-year-old self kind of like through, through him, you know, mm -hmm. like kind of what would you say? And, and I start seeing myself at that age and trying to really process it in that way. Like, what would you say to this little kid? And, and all of a sudden, like all this sort of emotion and pent up feeling, I, it started coming out in unexpected ways. And, um, and we were talking too, just kind of like long-term 
ramifications of trauma. Because like one weird thing that came from all that yeah. is that I haven't been able to eat seafood since I was in first grade because, uh, you know, I used to love fish and fish sticks and all that. But, you know, about a week or two after Tina died, my dad took me fishing and he was just trying to get my mind off of it. And so we're fishing and we catch this fish and then I wanted to just throw it back, but he was like, no, we're going to eat it. And so, so he, you know, he like cut its head and he cleaned it. You know, he did what yeah. you do with a fish. Prepared he it. For, prepared it. You know, yeah. he, he cut it up and cleaned it. And I'm just looking at this dead fish. We went home and we put it on the frying pan and fried it up. And seeing that dead fish and smelling it and it coming out of the water. And I'd now like associated water with death because mm -hmm. it's where Tina had died. And um, something just like a, flip, a switch flipped in my brain. And like I became like repulsed by seafood. It was like just the smell and taste and reminder of you can't do death. it. Yeah. And, and as a kid, you'd think, well, well, yeah, I mean, kids make weird connections and correlations and surely you'd outgrow that. I'm telling you, I could not outgrow it. Like I, um, later on when I could say, oh yeah, that's silly. That's a silly thing. That was just a childhood, whatever. I, I'm going to try to eat seafood. I can't physically do it. Like there's something that changed in my brain that sees it as just inedible. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to the counselor about this. Mm -hmm. I was just like, you know, it'd be nice to be able to enjoy seafood. Um, but I, I don't know why this happened. My gosh, almost 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. And why can't, why can't I eat fish? And she said that, she said that the way that the brain is where kind of where trauma is, is processed in your brain, held in your brain. Um, and the, and she explained what the na scientific names for all of it is, but she said that part of the brain doesn't process things lin in terms of linear, linear. timeline. Mm -hmm. So if you've experienced trauma at any point, she said, it's always there. Like you can do things to heal, you can do things to, to work through it, but there's a certain part of your brain that when triggered, it's like it, it just, ha it's, it, it never really expires or goes away. And you can't logically look at it and just say, well, I, I recognize that that's old, that shouldn't matter. Because there's, you know, the brain's powerful and is what it is. And so I, I share that kind of long drawn out narrative to say, if you've experienced any form of sexual trauma, yeah. whether it was from being abused, um, being in a relationship where maybe it was a, a consensual relationship, but there was certainly an element of you felt abuse or you just feel regret. You know, I mean, I had regret over decisions I had made in relationships uh, that even though like, you know, I didn't you cross certain lines. I certainly did cross lines into sinful territory. And, and I, you know, I have, I have regret over that. Um, and so the, the, re the regret, but all that stuff, even though like God forgives, even though we work through it, there's a, there's a place in the brain where we're kind of all that, that trauma is still stored. It's not connected to a linear timeline. And even if it happened, you know, when you were a I love learning. I know that sounds nerdy and dorky, but I just love learning. I love understanding history and how things fit together and what's happening in the world. But if you're like me, you're busy and it's hard to learn. It can be expensive to learn. Maybe you want to keep learning and growing. You're like, I don't know how to fit that into my schedule. I got the perfect solution for you. And it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is a world-class accredited university that's offering some of their core courses for free. I mean, absolutely free. They're just wanting to spread knowledge here. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. They're making it possible for you to learn about world economics and things like 
Ancient Christianity, which I highly recommend. It's an 11 lecture course where you study the inspiring stories of Christ and his apostles and the faithful ones throughout the first centuries of Christianity, plus learning the, the basics of Christian apologetics. And guys, you can do this for free. I'm so excited about what Hillsdale does. I love their commitment to faith and values, and you can take part in this by going to hillsdale.edu naked to enroll at no cost. And it's easy to get started. It's H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U slash N-A-K-E-D to register. That's hillsdale.edu slash naked. One goal we've had as a family lately is to try to just eat healthier. And junk is sometimes more convenient. And we're eating unhealthy, not because we want to, but it's just because it's what's easy to grab. But then came along Thrive. That's right. Thrive Market is helping us in really simple, practical ways. And as a Thrive Market member, we save money on every single grocery order. On average, we save over 30% each time, which I mean, I don't know about you, but I love saving money. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of our favorite brands, which right now we are loving the Hum brand, Zero Sugar Kombucha. And so check those out. Go to Thrive Market, join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash naked for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash N-A-K-E-D, thrivemarket.com slash naked. Kid, it can be triggered and it can come up and it can affect your sex life and your marriage today. Yeah, it can, because <laughs> you can associate shame with it, you know, and I think it's really interesting because I feel like God has walked with you and he walked with your family through that horrible tragedy. And, um, but then for you, it was even complicated because there was this sadness of losing your dear cousin and one of your best friends, but also shame associated with it because you knew something was wrong there but you didn't even know why like you yeah. did, at the time you didn't know why but you knew kind of in your spirit this isn't right and i don't know why we're doing this you know you know, i mean it was confusing for you right and i'm thinking like well was she punished for that and then why wasn't i well because it's kids that's what we, we try or to like, make sense of things yeah yeah and you're thinking like is is she gonna like haunt me because she's God mad that I lived? And she, yeah, is it my next? Yeah, because we did the same thing. Right. So right. am I gonna? And you, and then there's like next? you said, survivors get like, why her and not me? And I think too, with and I know that was a longer story, but we really felt compelled to share it because I think that a lot of us we have trauma like that. Like maybe it's not the same kind of story or situation, but it's something where. We really it, like, you know, in the in the deeper parts of our brain, it, it, it's there. And it's and again, we've talked a lot about through this series, renewing your mind like God can renew your mind 100 percent. But we still on this earth, we will not be fully healed till we go to heaven. There's just certain elements that come with being a human being on this earth. Yeah. And uh, and so that doesn't mean that we have to walk in shame. In fact, that's why I mean, we have Jesus, you know, he doesn't want us to walk in shame. He wants us to walk in victory and freedom. And so we can have that. But I think where this comes into marriage is having compassion and having understanding and 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 reassuring our spouse when they are triggered, like, listen, I love you. This is part of your story. You don't need to have any shame with this. Like I'm here for you. Uh, you know, especially sexual abuse, like if it's at the hand of a parent or, um, you know, this neighbor, whoever it was, like just being very a, a safe place where the spouse can share about it because that's so hard. Those, those things are so hard to share. I mean, we, we've talked openly about this at EXO conferences and 
I know several years back we with our counterfeit climax message, we talked about this. And when we were doing our meet and greet, we would have people come just weeping saying, I was sexually abused and I never, ever told my spouse. And I now feel like I need to almost feeling guilty. And it's like, listen, don't feel guilty. You were traumatized. Yeah, you were a victim. You, you don't probably, add guilt on right. top of I mean, don't add guilt. Exactly. But don't keep this. Like, I feel like, you know, in marriage, we say this all the time. Like we are supposed to be burden bearers of one another, you know, out of all human relationships. A husband and wife need to bear burdens together. So you don't need to feel like you need to bear that burden, like share it with your spouse. It also will give insight to your spouse. Like, okay, I get it. And it, it's really, I mean, I believe God can use it to draw you closer because you can have this understanding and um, and the support that maybe you've been trying to go through this alone and you didn't even know you could have support. You didn't know what that felt like to have someone in your corner. So don't feel like you have to bear these, these uh, like a sexual abuse burden alone. But even even when it comes to, you know, we get written a lot where um, there's been people who've been married for a while and something triggers, you know, a spouse to confess to something maybe from their past. Like it wasn't, they weren't even married yet, but the spouse will end up confessing to something that happened in the past because they felt guilty. They felt like, I need to tell my spouse that I did this in my past with somebody and they end up telling them. And that can sometimes send that spouse reeling from this new information. Right. Because what it does, the reason why they're having a hard time is because they think, well, if you didn't tell me about that way back when, what else are you holding back from me? That's the natural human yeah. doubt that comes in there. And so what I would say is like, you know, just because they didn't tell you one thing doesn't mean they're not telling you all of it. Okay. And I would say like, thank you for telling me this is, this is make, this is making me feel a little bit insecure because you waited, but I'm grateful that you told me now. I'm grateful that you're telling me now. And anytime you feel like, if you feel like there's any more that's with this, can you go ahead and tell me? Because I really want to trust you. And I really want to be able to, to have a thriving sex life. But this, this just rocks me a bit. I think it's okay if it rocks you a bit, right, sweetie? I mean, and being honest about that and saying like, but I'm glad you told me, but like, let's not punish our spouse for waiting. Because yeah, yeah. I do think sometimes there are scenarios where it's, um, it's just because they, maybe they had put it way back. I mean, I do think sometimes it's, it's almost gone to that like unconscious, you know, unconscious part of our brain where, right, where it feels like it's a, stored. It feels like a lifetime ago right, where right. you're, it's so distant from where you are now that you yep. don't even see it as something you're hiding. Exactly. You see, it's like you look back on it and it feels like somebody else that did it. You know, yeah, it feels like another like, life. Yeah. It's another life. Especially those of us who maybe came to Christ later. Um, it's like, you almost look at it as like my pre-Christian days. You know, I hear people say that like before when I was in darkness or, you know, this is just my past. But even so, let me tell you, those of you who are like engaged or you're early in those those newlywed days, go ahead and tell them because you build trust the more that you you reveal. I mean, you do. And it is hard. I mean, this stuff is hard. Like you talking about stuff with your cousin, that was hard. I mean, it's even now you recounting that story, you had tears in your eyes because it, like you said, trauma. I mean, it, yeah. it's there. And, um, and this is your family member. I mean, it, it's a big deal. And I think when we have children too, similar in that age, that's triggering. Yeah. It, yeah, that is. Cause you th I just think about our, yeah. our little ones. And, you know, I mean, I think about our, 
Yeah. And, and, and we, and that's why I think too, just a shout out to our Parenting Uncovered podcast, which in case you didn't know, those of you parents out there, please go listen to our Parenting Uncovered podcast, which is fairly new. But we talk a lot on there about when it comes to, you know, teaching our kids about sex, about how we also have to teach them about having license over their bodies and not allowing people to touch them you know, in, in those private places and not allowing and not having them touch anyone else. And that includes family members. That includes, you know, their siblings. It includes friends. It includes adults. It includes kids. It, it doesn't matter who they are, you know. And I think we're probably a little bit hypervigilant on that because of what happened. Because yeah. back, yeah. you know, in the 80s, I mean, we just, there wasn't as much talk about that because it just, you know, and if you don't know, you know, when you're a kid, I mean, you're not supposed to know. You're, you're only like five or six years old. But it's just important that we... Um, the more we can inform, I think, the, the more safety we can have in these situations. But I think when it comes to the sexual history, we've got to, you know, it is history. We have to remember, this is history. This is what led us here. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't hold something in the past against your spouse, but help them to find healing moving forward, right? And, you know, the thing about it, too, if they confess to some ongoing addiction, like a porn addiction, a sex addiction, you've got to get help. Like, you, you've got to get help. And, and yes, there needs to be boundaries in place. There doesn't, this doesn't mean like if they're, you know, maybe sex addicted and that is part of their history, but it's moved into their presence. That's a whole other podcast. And we do have podcasts about this. Clearly there's been a breach of trust and this needs to be dealt with and there needs to be consequences in place and uh, boundaries put in place and things like that. But when, we're, when it just comes to sexual history of what happened in the past, you know, I think that it can be hard to deal with especially if you've withheld it for a long time. But I would do whatever you need to do, whether it's getting counseling or uh, just getting, trying to seek more information about healing through this so that you can move forward, so that we don't get stuck in the past. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to get stuck or stay stuck. Right. You do need to talk about it, mm -hmm. which can be uncomfortable. Yep. But you gotta have a naked marriage, right? Y mm -hmm. Anything that's been covered, you need to uncover. Um, and like Ashley said, you don't, don't punish each other. Let it be a safe place where always, where you're sharing your, your insecurities, your regrets, your fears, your past, all of it. And if, you, if you've intentionally withheld something, then as you share it, apologize for not sharing it sooner. You know, right. apologize that, you know, I should have I should have told you this before I was wrong, I was afraid, I'm sorry, forgive me, but I want us to have full trust. I don't want there to be anything between us. And um, I'm telling you this now, and I, I should have told you before, but this is, this is everything. Right. And the more honest you are, the level of your honesty will determine the level of your intimacy. And if you're experiencing trauma from your past, whether that's the trauma of regret or the trauma of uh, being victimized by any form of abuse being inflicted upon you, um, get the help that you need to heal. I mean, talk to a counselor. Uh, we have a counseling partner here. Uh, you can find online at betterhelp.com slash naked marriage. And they're doing a special deal just for our listeners. I've, like Ashley said, I've spoken to one of the counselors there via via Skype, and it was really helpful. Betterhelp.com slash Naked Marriage. Um, so, yeah, get the help that you need. Do us a favor and share this episode. Um, it's one that a lot of folks need. I, I promise it's one that a lot of folks need to listen to. Not because we're we're saying anything that's, like, brand new, but we're just we're just trying to provide a safe place where folks can talk about these issues and a lot of folks are struggling with them. We know because a lot of you write us and thank you for writing us. 
We love and appreciate you so much. Guys, God bless. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow.